Today on the Becoming Unique podcast, I have such a beautiful and amazing, beautiful soul right here by the name of Ruthie. Hey. Hi, Anik. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you. Thank you for being here. So before we even get this show started, you got to tell everybody, who is Ruthie? Well, Ruthie is an ever-evolving work in progress, like her art. Um, I'm a visual artist, art educator with a background in yoga and dance. And uh, I come from a family of um, doctors, physical therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, um, designers. My grandparents were uh, in the arts designing stores. And so I have kind of a merging of art and wellness, which led me to um, when I got my, my BFA in drawing and painting at University of Michigan, I started exploring wellness and you know having gone through my own healing journeys um, and watched my mother also who was a physical therapist um, kind of branch out more holistically when she felt mm. she was only treating people's symptoms and there were deeper roots um, mm. I, I yeah I really uh, wanted to merge you know bringing art to people with a focus on wellness so my work kind of started um, like very much inspired inspired by the beauty and the color and my grandparents' homes and work, and then, you know, merged with some of the holistic wellness that I was exposed to growing up and that helped me on my own healing path. And I do a lot of custom mandalas for people where I interview them and find out their unique story and ancestry and heart's desires and intentions for their own spiritual journey or, you know, visual prayer to bring love into their home and space and dreams. And I also teach, uh, I do, I've done a lot of work with um, special ed communities, traumatic brain injury, public schools, um, just bringing more of a meditative art to certain communities that seem to really benefit from it, as well as, you know, the dance and yoga. So sometimes I merge the two in a class and it's really nice to have the movement and then the art is sort of the meditation that follows. And mm. that's about a little bit about me. <laughs> so beautiful. So beautiful. It yeah. sounds like you are just well-rounded between art and wellness. And it really has been a foundation for you. And it's so beautiful to see that you are branching off from the roots that have already been placed in you between, you know, the architecture and art, and then between the wellness, which has all been rooted within you. So, so beautiful to just see you branching off of the foundation. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. So this season on the Become a Unique podcast, um, journaling is a, you know, I'm doing journaling prompts with every single person that I'm speaking to. So Mm. each person that's on the podcast this season is going to get a different question. And I challenge whoever's listening to this to take the question that I'm about to ask you and go ahead and use it as a journaling prompt. So yeah. So then your question this week is, do you have a favorite quote and why? Oh, okay. So I have tons of favorite quotes. If you look at my Instagram, I have Mm -hmm. like 
painting quote, painting quote, because I'm always searching for wisdom and, you know, wanting to share that with my clients as well. And um, kind of keeping with the theme of the mandala that means circle, um, I have one that's from the Native American elder, Mani Tomquat. And I believe this is from Braiding Sweetgrass, which is a beautiful book I highly recommend, uh, written by Robin Wall Kimmerer, who's a Native American scientist, plant botanist who weaves her sacred traditions into the teachings about plants. You would just speak out on that book. So the quote is, our people noticed long ago that the circle is the basic form of creation. In the circle, all are equal. There is no top or bottom, first or last, better or worse. Mm. I love that. It's like the circle of life. (laughs) Yes. And in Buddhism, they talk about that circle with no end and no beginning. So it's like that eternal flow of endless wisdom and life and continuity. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. And and, and it almost sounds like poetry. Um, Sometimes I think of as a quote as like, you know, just like one sentence, but you gave us like a whole statement and I love it. And, um, and that was refreshing for me as well, too, because, you know, sometimes we are stuck in our own thinking. And like, Mm -hmm. my thinking was like a quote, one sentence, you know, Um, (laughs) but you gave me a beautiful statement and that's another reminder that a quote can be bigger than what you may think it may be. So I I think in our, our journey towards wholeness, which is the circle and and towards healing, you know, we really need art and poetry to lift us out of the depths of our our suffering sometimes. Mm. So, so today's podcast is about, I hope I say it correctly, um, mandala, mandala, yes, uh-huh. yes the mandala. And visually, um, a lot of people may know the mandala because I feel like a few years ago it was really trending with art. It was like a stress reliever art um, right. out there. But for the people that are listening, can you give them a visual description, uh, you know, a visual description of what a mandala is? Yeah, so the the word mand- mandala, and I've heard it pronounced mandala as well, um, but it comes from uh, the Sanskrit word for circle, kind of a sacred circle, like I was talking about with no end and no beginning. And you see different forms of the sacred circle in many different traditions throughout the world, which I love to research. And it often has, like a central point of focus in the center. It could be like a central deity, like in Buddhism, you might have um, Kuan Yin, who's the Bodhisattva of compassion or the mother of all Buddhas. And the qualities that she holds within her are compassion, love. She's often seen um, on a boat in the water, Mm. taking people from one shore to the other. Like she could be a guardian for souls that have departed. She could be you know, a guardian on any kind of transition you're going through in your life. So looking at like the folklore and the cosmology behind um, some of the the beings that are held within a mandala and how we can, they can be our teachers so that we can embody that within ourselves. So we might meditate on Kuan Yin and her 
virtues, which are compassion and being a guide or a lamp in the dark, uh, and take that into our being and even see ourselves sitting in the center of a mandala, because really all the, you know, the shadows and lights and darks and um, the, the way that if we were to take a higher view of our own lives, it might look like a mandala. Like we don't see the patterns. We don't see how um, the contrast gives our beauty. It gives our lives beauty and meaning and understanding. So if it were all one tone, we wouldn't be able to understand the depth and the beauty in the depth. So, um, and, and many different traditions like uh, Native American uh, art in this country has the medicine wheel. It's you know, painted in a circle with the four directions, the four elements. You see how like from that center point, it's a radial, often symmetrical design that holds um, kind of like these gates into the inner temple or your inner world. And it could be the four elements, four directions, um, kind of you, you'd see a yantra also in uh, a lot of um, yogic art where it looks like four T shapes coming out of a square also, mm -hmm four directions, four gates um, that guard that inner light, that inner temple within. And some of them are for balance, like the Sriantra has tons of triangles, interlocking triangles pointing down and pointing up um, to show the balance between heaven and earth, between mm -hmm. dualities. And you'll often see lotuses, lotus petals forming around a circle, lotuses you know, no mud, no lotus. It's the flower that blooms in the mud. The deeper the mud, the more beautiful the lotus blooms. So it's beautiful to dive into um, how, you know, spirit speaks to us through symbols and whether you call it spirit or your right brain or the dream world, you know, we're, we have access to that. And often the artist is seen as the translator between the unseen world and this mm. world. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you just schooled me a lot because first of all, I love that last quote that you said or statement that you said about the artist is the translator. Um, I never heard that before. And I love that. And I, and I, I feel like there's so much truth to it. Um, even the other day I was, um, I think I sent this to you. I just wanted, um, wanted to say, I think that was from Nali Doma Patrice Somme, who's a, a West African uh, spiritual teacher. I think that was in his book, but go ahead. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I think I actually sent this to you. It was a few years ago, maybe around 2021. I live in Harlem and in my neighborhood, they were doing a lot of like mural paintings on uh -huh. these, um, on all of this like scaffolding walls throughout right. the neighborhood. And um. I was riding on the bus and I was passing like this long block of all of it. And all of them had so much spiritual meaning. It was just like everyone, like if it was a woman sitting there, she had like something like mm. if everything just gave me a spiritual meaning. Everyone yeah. looked, painting was just so deep. And I was like, wow, all of these artists are like spiritual. I mm. And I literally yeah. thought that like last week, I was like, all of these, it wasn't just like, it was a, you know, a, a person looking on the iPad or something, or it was like, everything was deeper. There was plants, yeah. there were roots, there was, you know, a child of innocence. There was just so much uh -huh. beauty. And I thought that I was like, wow, I feel like, you know, all of these artists had some type of spiritual feeling behind their paintings that they individually decided to paint from what was mm -hmm. coming out of them. So yeah. um, thank you for that. And then, yeah. you know, when I asked you to describe the man, um, mandala, 
Mandela. <laughs> it's okay. Mandala, um, more like Mon Mandala. Mandala. Um, yeah. Honestly, I'm not, I don't have, I'm I'm not necessarily an autistic person. Like I definitely admire people like you when you can just sit there and draw and just create these visions. Like um, it's just so beautiful and um, I admire it. And so since I'm not necessarily an artist, when I look at a mandala, I just see a circle. And you uh-huh. said it starts off with the center. And I didn't even mm-hmm. notice the center before. Now, when I go to look at it, I'm going to see a whole new image of it because now you brought light to that for me. So thank you for that. Yeah, of course. There's a beautiful saying how, you know, the mandala holds the the stillness at the center of the universe and the dance around its circumference. Mm. So your art is definitely geared around the mandala. Um, Mm -hmm. How did you even get into this? Like how did, you know, there's so many different forms of art. What made you choose to make the mandala your focal point of art? Well, when I was in art school, uh, I remember my stepdad actually gave me a book about mandalas and I, you know, it went into, um, some of the geometries and the meaning and the history and how they're really cross-cultural, which was inspiring. And then the book suggested making them as a gift of healing for someone you love and care about. And that really inspired me to like have the art be in service to someone's focus on wellness and I think it it brought more meaning into it for me because I've always loved just listening to and honoring someone's story. And so I started um, interviewing people and making mandalas for them based on their goals for wellness. And it just, and I also wrote, started writing a special note um, explaining the symbols, I call it a blessing note, so that they can understand and integrate why these specific symbols were chosen based on what they asked for and how it could be integrated into their life. Like maybe they got a meditation or a certain essential oil, or I've made, um, I've actually put like a detail of their mandala in in jewelry behind glass with stones that connect to their intentions. So just, and then another thing that happened in art school, we had to do a series And I decided to research the meaning behind the Hebrew alphabet, which connects to my own roots. And I was just so, so there are 22 letters. I did a series of 22 drawings with each letter and then like researching how, you know, oh, this one has an opening or or the yud, which looks like a little flame um, or a spark that sort of flows through each letter. And I just was so fascinated by diving into all the mystical meaning behind the Hebrew letters um like Aleph I did one with the the word for truth truth Aleph is the first letter of the alphabet Mem is the middle Toph is the last letter and they say to see the truth you have to look at the full picture beginning middle Mm. end so there's just so much depth that inspired me visually because it's such an ancient language and um and the letters are like they're so mystical and they hold so much, uh, so many stories that I I just wanted to kind of dig deeper into not just my own heritage, but like other 
traditions and reveal, you know, what what's hiding for us mm-hmm. to learn under these ancient symbols. Oh, so beautiful. Um, yeah. So you said you said at the beginning and just now, like you know, you will have a conversation. You will interview someone, or you know to try to figure out how would you create the mandala you know mm-hmm. what what are they needing like if they're looking for more peace or meditation or whatever they may be looking for in their lives you will create this now do you create it off of your spirit or do you create it off like okay i know triangles stand for this and circles stand for that or does your vibration just pull out whatever needs to be pulled out yeah i think it really and that's a great question because it really depends on the person and I've often found that the process of creating it will reflect the person's process or patterns in their life. Like some people know exactly what they want and they have a very clear vision, but they can't draw it. And they're like, this is what I want. You know, I, I have um, very, very specific things came to me in my meditation and can you execute this? And sometimes I like that because it's not something I would have necessarily thought of. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I go with that. And and then other people are a little more go with the flow and they're like, this is what, what I want to focus on. Uh, and I'm just going to let it go and leave it to you to flow through what you think based on what you know would mm-hmm. best benefit me. And uh, yeah, I think it really depends on the person. And some people might be a little bit specific, but I try to ask questions like, you know, do you prefer something a little bit more nature inspired or more geometric or maybe a little of both? Or do you have any favorite trees or herbs or flowers or scenes from nature where you feel most at home uh, or like spiritual traditions or ancestry that you really connect to that would be meaningful? And, and it could be in memory of a loved one or a wedding or for a birth or baby. So they're each as unique as the per- as unique as the person's <laughs> story, and and that's what inspires me and keeps it fresh is that everyone has such a beautiful, unique spirit and story that mm. I don't have to worry about what to do next. I just listen to them and re- try to reflect their their pure essence and their spirit and their heart's intention. Beautiful. So, um. It, it feels like there's a lot of like vibration and, you know, spirituality kind of working through this as oh, well too, because definitely. you're just feeling, oh, yeah. you're feeling them out. So it's an exchange kind of of energy, yeah. um, it, you know, now technically are there any colors and shapes that have significant meaning like oh you know like with like the chakras, you know, red, we need to work on our yeah. root chakra and, and yeah. so on like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is it so, still like the same story? Yeah. So there's one thing that came to mind from what you were saying about like how spirit is a connector and I'm just sort of a vessel and, uh, and I'll go into a really beautiful teaching about the strawberry. So um, a friend suggested I go to a, a Native American sweat lodge, which they really call a spirit lodge because mm-hmm. you're like in this womb space kind of sweating out your prayers and your pain and like the woman who led it um was um an indigenous elder who really kept the tradition so beautifully and I just felt so honored to be able to be included in it and uh so she 
was teaching us about the strawberry and she had us drinking strawberry tea in the ceremony to cool off. And she said the strawberry is a symbol of the heart. It's red, it's shaped like the human heart and it holds both male and female energies with kind of an open womb space in the middle and the seeds on the outside and mm. um, and the way that it grows. It's, I know you were talking about growing strawberries too mm-hmm. um, in your beautiful garden. It grows like a connector. So it kind of connects hearts together. And at the time I was making a mandala for a dear friend with um, a human heart, which is the shape of a strawberry. She loves, uh, you know, the actual human heart. And it had these like octopus tentacles growing out of it because she's a cancer survivor. And it, um, Mm. it, the octopus, if it loses one of its legs or arms or whatever they are, it will grow it back. So it's a symbol of regeneration. So that was growing Mm. out of its heart. And then I connected it and I said, well, I'm going to draw little strawberries because I was so inspired by this teaching, I drew these like little strawberries coming out uh, of the edges of the heart and it was held within a, a geometry. And and so the, the strawberries inspired me to just add, add them and, and add that teaching. So when I brought the mandala to my friend to deliver it to her, I sat outside um, on these, these like stone benches and I read her her blessing note and I told her um, about the strawberry and how, uh, and I said, I don't know if you have any connection to sweat lodges and this is the teaching about the strawberry and it connects very much to the heart. And she goes, so where you're sitting right now is where I used to have sweat lodges for years. Mm. And she had a whole sweat lodge built in her backyard wow I know so she's like there are no accidents here and you know it was like that um the vine of the strawberry sort of connected itself from one sweat lodge to another and I was like sitting right at the entrance to where she used to have them wow so beautiful yeah Yeah, it it is like honestly now that I'm becoming more and more present um I'm able to see these connections. And I just think back, like how many connections did I miss in my past? But it, it's yeah. all fine because I, I was supposed to be there at that time and I'm here now. But now that I'm in this place, I'm constantly seeing connections instead of like getting mad at situations. You know, I realize yeah. it's like, wow, like I'm supposed to be here. I was supposed to yeah. do that. It's yeah. all working together. Evolution. And you said to me the other day, um, Unique was so wonderful the other day. We met for lunch and, and she's like, oh, you look so cute. And like, I was having a breakdown and crying under my sunglasses and my cute outfit. And Unique said, remember, life is happening. Life not is not to happening me, to you. It's for but you. But for you. Mm-hmm. And you said, sometimes the rains have to come. And you were, I just was so touched by that. And I was telling everybody I knew that little quote you gave me because really, you know, if you see it that way and shift your perspective, that's such a gift. Oh, thanks. Yes. Yes. That is, that's probably if I had to answer that question at the beginning, (laughs) that would be the quote. Oh, I would And like my friend Unique said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. And, and, And I also wanted to compliment you in your last statement, how 
you know, it's so beautiful to listen to an artist's mind because you was like, and then the octopus, because, you know, it's, I was like, how do you think like this? Because I don't think like this. And it's just so beautiful. And you probably just think like this naturally. And then, you know, so I'm just so appreciative of your mind because, you know, I would just be sitting there like, okay, I'm supposed to draw this. I would just be having triangles and circles and not thinking like what's all behind it. And I love that you was like, she was a cancer survivor. And so that represented this and this is, and Uh this represented this. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) thank you and I always admire people who are like a little more linear and focused and they can like have a plan and get their stuff done and get it like I really that's something that I work on as well because sometimes I can be a little out in the ethers and you know it's it's as an artist yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) definitely as an artist now you know when we finish this um podcast I'm gonna go look on the internet because now I after speaking to you about this, I'm going to be looking at these shapes in a yeah. whole di- a whole different light. Yeah, so you can look up sacred geometry, or if you see a certain animal or bird that comes to you, look up uh, the meaning, spiritual meaning or totem of that animal, because there's uh, they really are our teachers, and what shows up in front of you can be trying to tell you something, but you have to just reveal it. Yeah, I de- I'm yeah. definitely a person for that. If I see like an animal, a dead animal, yeah. I'm like, I'm Googling instantly yeah, on they're... top of like those angel numbers. I'm... Oh, right. No, there are si- <laughs> silent teachers, just like how trees work and communicate. They're, they're, not, they're not real out there. But if we if we listen to what they have to show us by the way they relate to each other, we can learn so much. Mm. So now the question now would be, why would someone want to get a mandala? Like they're, 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 I hear there's supposed to be so much healing behind it. How is there healing behind it? The many well, different ways. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm getting a little teary eyed because I, I was able to have uh, a video call when this mandala was received by a mother who ordered it for her daughter who's in her early 20s. And uh, I was able to read the blessing note, you know, on the call to her, which was very special because I said to them, just call me when you receive it. because I'd really love to read it to you out loud, which doesn't always get to happen. Um, Mm -hmm. But we were all crying because I think she just, she felt through the symbols, just how loved she is and how precious she is and you know it had a focus on her health she's had a a rough time with her health journey and just everything that I included in there I just really wanted her to feel how uh her struggles and her pain were the mud it was a lotus flower it were the mud that helped to nurture nurture that lotus flower to grow pure and pristine untouched Mm. by the mud and the mud is the earth that earth energy that sometimes in the dark that's the womb space and where seeds germinate and we don't always see what's growing out of it while we're in it but um but yeah it had had this beautiful vibrant kind of orange and pink and lavender uh lotus flower and it had the, the flower of life, sacred geometry kind of coming out of the four directions with that yantra, those T shapes. And they looked almost like 
the handles of paint brushes, like she was painting these sacred geometries mm. out of the edges and she's an artist. So I think that, you know, when it touches someone's heart or when someone said to me, this couple was like, oh, that's way more meaningful than the art we just bought at Target for our new house. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I included a lot in it about their relationship and um, it had it had an elephant, which is very special to them about uh you know, family and nurturing our young and our elders and sacred memory and, you know, uh, guarding people on the path if they're lost. They actually have led people through the jungle when they're lost. And and then also to, I, I threw something in there with their blessing note about like addressing if there's ever an elephant in the room in your relationship, like don't let those things slide, be on top of Mm -hmm. um being clear with your communication so resentment doesn't build so I think that when it gives people a teaching that they can take into their heart to realize how loved they are and how to have some guideposts in navigating their lives or some inspiration from nature symbols then that can can bring healing and touch someone's soul and remind them of you know who who they really are and and what they that they have a choice to focus on, you know, what, what they desire. And that's their birthright. They don't have to mm. be stuck in the suffering. You know, so beautiful. One of my other favorite quotes, I have many like you, yeah. Um, <laughs> but all of mine's are like three words, but, <laughs> but it's when we're intention goes, energy will flow. And yeah. I love that your client said to you, wow, this is much bigger than that target painting that we got. <laughs> And it proved that, you know, because as you're creating these masterful art pieces, you're intentionally vibrating the energy towards them. You're thinking about them. You're bringing their, your thoughts and their thoughts into this painting where something that's bought from Target, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, or wherever they may go, it's a mass production of a print that was, that had no intention of the person that's receiving it. Yeah. They didn't have this person visually in their mind, you know, mm-hmm. when this art was being created, this mass produced art. And that's the beautiful thing with an artist and you're channeling a, a special energy to bring it onto paper or surface. Yeah. You are able, you're visually seeing them. You're visually feeling them. And now all of that energy now gets to hit the canvas. Mm-hmm. So they're able to receive that so beautifully and now when it's sitting on the wall that energy gets to stay with them because we are made up this is we're all energy and yeah. it's so where intention goes energy will flow so it's like so true so it, you know even when we give something or you make something from hand or give as it you know your energy was on that so it makes it so special so ah yeah. oh, so beautiful so beautiful they're, they're almost like portals of energy that mm-hmm. are bringing it through on their wall so that they can continuously feel that and focus on that. And, and it's mm-hmm. interesting too, because sometimes I find I have to do some work on myself. If someone asks for something and I feel like I'm not quite embodying that or aligned with that, I might have to take a look at myself and process something before I feel like I can be in a place to bring through what they need or get have clarity or even some advice or support for them like Mm -hmm. am I living in alignment in this area of my life like am I letting resentment build and not communicating or 
you know, am I embodying these teachings mm. that I'm trying to share? Just like as a yoga teacher, you know, you want to do your best to be, uh, you know, who are you being before you're, you're doing so that you're being authentic in your work? Yeah. 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 That, and that's so beautiful with life as well, too. It's like we, a lot of times get to face things as well as yeah. we're going through, um, creating the piece that, you know, whatever the art, it doesn't have to be art on paper, but it could be art in the different yeah. ways that you're, you're yeah, working. And with. you're highly creative with your podcast and with your book. Like you probably had to do a lot of soul searching within yourself to be able to come to that place of being able to embody self-care and share that with with the world because it's not an easy thing yeah 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 um you know one of I I use this guest quote all the time she calls herself a wounded warrior Mm. um and if you realize that a lot of times people that are great in their field they had to work through stuff before they can get there and then it's beautiful that they had to work through it because then they was able to appreciate and understand all like the circle all yes. angles, the bad and the good of it, you know, instead yeah. of just like quoting, do this, do that, do this. But that person that's really went through that journey understands the ebbs and flows of it. Yeah. So, um, and, and just to embrace the both and within yeah. the circle instead of the either or, like, you know, sadly, um, Unique and I lost our fathers at the same time during yoga teacher training. That's how we met. Mm-hmm. And with grief, it's like when people say, like either you kind of move on and choose to be happy or you stay stuck in the grief. No, no. It's mm-hmm. more of you get to have your sadness knowing that that shows how deeply you loved and be able to move forward with your life, creating space around the grief and mm. bringing it with you and honoring the sadness in, at each stage because it moves with us into those moments of, you know, graduations that they can't go to or weddings or whatever comes in the future, we will grieve that. So mm-hmm. I think creating a space for the both and instead of the either or within the circle is really powerful for people to heal. I love that creating space, yeah. creating space. I like that. That That's, yeah. that's really, really good. Uh, so much amazing information that I'm gaining today with this conversation. Um, yeah, I definitely agree that you putting the intention on the work is going to be the um, the healing energy. Um, are there any other benefits like coloring and mandalas? Or is that also like a way, oh, a yeah. therapeutic way as well too, um, yeah. as well as far as the healing process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in the West, Carl Jung, uh, the famous psychologist used to say that mandalas helped repair fragments fragments of the psyche so Mm. he was a pioneer in the west even though you know these have been ancient uh, eastern teachings for years and years and years um he really found that people were healing from creating their own and that sometimes uh what we're feeling subconsciously can just come out on paper and then we talk about it as opposed to just trying to access it by talking about it only because you just Mm -hmm. can't always get to those depths and uh so letting 
you know, your right brain or your spiritual nature speak through you onto paper can be beautiful. And then just as a tool for meditation, um, coloring a mandala or, um, you know, it's really great with kids or with, um, you know, my special ed community or traumatic brain injury, just to be able to balance your brain, um, balance the hemispheres of your brain and, and have a focus of like that symmetry and wholeness. And really, that's what we're made up of down to ourselves. That's how flowers grow. If you cut open a piece of fruit, it's that symmetrical radial design. Mm. Um, the division of cells starts to look like the flower of life, sacred geometry, which, which holds all geometries within it. So it's like connecting to the basic structure of the universe. And that has a resonance deep within ourselves that we may not even be aware of but then we notice we start to feel a little better and our mind feels clearer and maybe our nervous system comes into more of a homeostasis and it has you know profound effects yeah so so amazing um you know I feel like I haven't seen it often, you know, recently, but I feel like a couple of years ago, like if I went into Michael's, there would be like a whole like wall of like books, the coloring books with the mandalas yeah. to do the coloring. I feel like it was trending uh, probably five, six, seven years ago right. at one point. So if someone goes to get, uh, you know, a book, is there any wrong way to color or you know like are they supposed to do on each side the same color or can they just be freestyle and do whatever they want every every box can have a different color are there any rules or they just do whatever they want to do yeah it's interesting because some people I've noticed really like to do the same color and the pattern that's going around in the circle and then others might be a little more freeform and just having watched students over the years uh I just kind of let them do their thing. And if you want to encourage a pattern with a child, for example, um, or with someone who may not see the patterns naturally, you could do a little dot. Like, let's say you want it to be blue going around the circle with all the symmetrical petals. You could do a little dot of blue in there or for yourself too, just to like keep your eye on track if you do want to bring out the pattern. But I would say there's no wrong or right way you know my teachers would always say there are no mistakes in art and you can Mm -hmm. always layer over it with other colors and I think sometimes people have like creative trauma or creative blocks where they worry so much about what it looks like or if they were humiliated in some way and this happens all you know throughout singing or dancing or like people say such mean things like oh you're so off key or you have no rhythm or I hear so many people say I can't even draw a stick figure. And I'm like, where does this come from? Stop. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm guilty. Okay, I'm well, guilty. it's just like in the collective consciousness. <laughs> so like everybody says that. And I'm like, please just don't, um, just let, let whatever flows flow and give yourself the permission to have that growth mindset and make bad art and mm-hmm. learn and grow from it. Yeah. And like, I like you, I think you said um, a few moments ago, there are no rules in art. So just let it flow. No mistakes. 
Yeah. yeah, no mistakes. Yeah. So there there are no mistakes in art. So whatever you do is fine. And now that I'm moving into this place where I'm constantly evolving, I'm definitely learning the power of affirmation. So I have to remember, you know, I, you know, not to be the person to say, I can't draw, you know, because whatever yeah. I say, I become. So right. if I say I can't, I then I can't. It's the truth. You know, it's so I have to be mindful yeah. of my wording to myself. Absolutely. Or we all should be mindful of the wording to ourselves, yeah. you know. I, you know, I can just change it. I'm working on being a great artist. I'm working yeah. on building my art skills, you and, know. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I took a songwriting class because I've been wanting to develop my voice more. And, and I was humiliated auditioning for something in middle school, you know. And it was funny because the, the teachers teaching the class, they were taking a songwriting class. And these are like professional musicians. And they said their assignment was to write a bad song. Mm, it's like yeah like be bad write a really bad song and you might just break out of your shell and it might be really funny and yeah you know like give yourself Mm -hmm. permission to be bad at something while you learn yeah or not be perfect yeah 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 yeah, and society this western culture is like the perfectionism, you know, the idea of just always showing up and being perfect yeah. at something. And, and it's like, just going back to being a baby, like no baby right. came out their mother's womb running. They fell absolutely <laughs> they, when and they like tried to praise, walk before and crawled. Totally. And, and praise your kids for having that growth mindset. Like, oh, not always, you're, you're perfect. You got a hundred percent, but like, oh, what did you struggle with today? Great. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's where you learn is through the the, the failures, you know, yeah, honestly, absolutely. that's where the learning happens is when we do so-called quote unquote fail at um yeah. something. So, yeah, so, so much, so many key things I feel like we are discussing today, you know, but the topic is um mandala and you know, I think we really all have a great idea of what a Mandela is, the beauty behind it, and so on. But do you have any last words to share about a Mandela? Yeah, I I wanted to touch on the story of the Tibetan sand mandala because it's just a really special tradition that is also rich with many teachings that I think people could take away. Um, so, and you may have seen this, often they'll have it at art museums where they'll host Tibetan monks to come and they work for probably three or four days on a sand mandala and they blow very carefully and painstakingly sand through this little straw into this immensely detailed Tibetan mandalas are like very visually dense and they have so much symbolism and detail. And that with that same idea of like the inner temple branching out into the four worlds and four directions and then circles and flames and clouds and wheels and like wheels cutting away your illusion I mean there's just like a such a depth and richness with all those symbols and uh it's painstaking and you can watch them do this and then they take it and they have a ceremony where they pray and they have you know gongs and um oh the community can come and gather and they release it into a moving body of water Mm-hmm. to show how you know the reciprocal nature of life and the impermanence of life and when mm-hmm. you and just like I do with on um, you know a smaller scale when I release the mandala to the client it's 
you're not holding on to it. You're sharing the gift and you're mm. sending the prayers out into a moving body of water and gathering as a community so that you know we're honoring the impermanence of life and how you know nature is always flowing into different forms, which we all you know benefit from and we're not separate from just like our bodies are our nature and we're being breathed by this web of life and you know the mist that comes up from the trees in the amazon help to water you know the soil somewhere miles and miles or across oceans mm -hmm. if we're all part of this web so i think that knowing when you let go and when you can honor the impermanence of life and kind of know that you're always being taken care of and breathed by that web and a part of it and just mm -hmm. how there's such a beautiful reciprocal connection in nature and that we're not separate from that within ourselves within our relationships within our spiritual connections within you know our bodies that just like trees the roots of trees they exchange information underground and they help hold each other up underground and give nutrients. And if, if there's a fallen tree, you know, the, the roots still nourish that tree and the seeds will grow out of the moss, which hold moisture on that tree. So just seeing yourself as a part of this circle and continuity yeah. of life and, and being able to open your hands so that clasp that the water can't flow through you open it, the water flows through and mm. give and be of service and be able to receive and just be part of that that circle know that you hold a very special part and uh it's like the snowflake you know we each have our that's our unique mm -hmm. uh energetic imprint on this world and just like native american teachings about the beans the squash and the corn they're all planted together they're not monocrop like we do now where the squash holds the moisture into the roots and the soil and it spreads and gathers information. And the corn holds that tall pillar so that the beans can grow around it and gather the light. And like we all have a special role just like in nature. So mm -hmm. our unique yes. circle that we're a part of. Yes. Oh, so much information in that last statement that you said. Um, the most I took out of it was the release, you know, yeah. the release. And it's so important to release. You know, a lot of times, you yeah. know, we're always trying to hold on to everything. And that, you know, in order for us to, you know, you know, evolve or get the next thing, like the, I think the quote is, I don't know how the quote goes, um, but everyone knows this one. I feel like it's like, you know, you can't, if you're holding on to all of this luggage, you know, yeah. how are you supposed to move smoothly? And yeah. it's, it, I got so much beauty behind, you know, you explain it, even when you make your art, you're also releasing it. And yeah. then now you're moving on to the next project. You created yeah. that. It, and a it new one often this. comes in once I've released the... exactly yeah. exactly yeah. it's uh, the release however you want to see it within your life I just feel yeah. like the message I really got from the statement there were so many messages in there but the release the importance of the release so Absolutely. so beautiful and and Deepak Chopra said that holding on to this life or grasping onto this life is trying to like holding on to something while you're going down a waterfall <laughs> <And> <laughs> 
and just let just go like, and enjoy it. Right. And like with that, there's also this Buddhist koan teaching with the strawberry too. Like, you know, there's, there's like, you're hanging on a vine at the, on the edge of a cliff because the tiger was chasing you and the, this mouse is nibbling at the vine and there are tigers below and you see this juicy strawberry and what do you do? You just eat it and savor every moment. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's the heart. Like we're on this earth. We know we're just passing through. We know we can't hold on to all of our loved ones and possessions and even our bodies and that impermanence of, of life and the reality we have to face with that, but to really savor yeah, each moment. Yes. Enjoy it while it's here, whatever yeah. it may be within that life, yeah. instead of like holding tight, be like, enjoy the strawberry. Enjoy yeah. the strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Oh my goodness. So amazing. Um, I definitely want to ask you the last question of the day, yeah. which is what does becoming unique mean to you? Yeah. So it's funny. I hear my dad's voice right now um, saying that tongue twister, unique New York, unique New York, unique New York. Can you say it five times fast? You still love tongue twister. Yes, I know. I remember um, from my adolescence. <laughs> yeah. So I think that honoring and revealing and searching and uncovering your pure essence, your true nature, you know, which we strive to do with yoga, with um, mandalas, with, you know, all of our are seeking and searching in whatever form that takes, but knowing that like it is impermanent and it is always changing and evolving like a spiral, it's not fixed. So being able to kind of go with just like the snowflake that I brought up like that, that central point of focus and then this different dance that we all have around mm. the circumference that, you know, is uniquely ours. And um, yeah, we're we're touched and changed by the reciprocal flow of the people we love and our environment and where we live and you know who we come into contact to what we eat so like being aware of um i think in yoga it's that property like our our basic pure essence and also how we're formed and shaped just like a tree kind of spirals and grows towards the light in its environment and how it might move towards other trees for shade or you know the kind of honoring that pure essence in balance with all of the beauty that changes the colors of who we are yeah oh my goodness so beautiful and you know you said so much within that um, answering of that question but again I just envisioned the circle of life yeah and our own oh. mandala of the stillness and the dance and the space the between yeah the stillness and the dance I like that the stillness and the dance oh my goodness you mm -hmm. have been amazing you have shed so much light today so much light um oh. and and I love that I had this conversation. Now I will definitely, you know, look at mandalas completely different. I am going to now look for this, you know, like the signs and the symbols, because before, I, honestly, I think all of them looked alike to me. I just saw like a circle <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and just some intricate stuff going on, but I didn't focus. And 
this is what's so beautiful about having these conversations is that now it brought awareness to me. And that's a lot of times what we need, you know, I need personally, I need awareness to be brought to me. And then now I can see things in a different light. I can appreciate something in a different light. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And it's beautiful to see your curiosity and how all these things can be revealed when we ask questions and when we connect with others. And I think you're doing such a beautiful job and setting a beautiful example of that with your podcast and your curiosity and your, you know, being a lifelong learner. And it's very inspiring. So thank you. And thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome.